0: This Three Beards Media Podcast may contain mature themes. And if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nail it! It's fall, it's football, and no better time to celebrate those victories or soothe away those losses like a drink from Revelton Distilling Company. Imagine a cool, crisp Saturday morning at your tailgate Friends and family enjoying a quick morning cup of coffee spiced up with Revelton's Whiskey Cream and Liqueur. Their cream liqueur is made from a three-year-old Iowa corn bourbon whiskey with a cream and notes of chocolate and honey. Wow, does that not sound like the perfect way to begin a day watching your favorite team dominate on the field? Then after the game, sit back and relax with one-of-a-kind, Honey Old Fashioned with Revelton's Honey Whiskey. Oh, and something new and exciting is on the horizon. So be sure to check out all their updates on their Twitter or Instagram page at Revelton DC. welcome to episode three of fill in the blank pod with Anya let's start off with drink check always drink check early and often what am I drinking I am drinking a a uh, the maple tapper which is a smoked marzen style lager with maple syrup and the description is as follows. Skip the snooze button with the smoked Marston-style lager with New York Crown maple syrup. The maple tapper will leave you dreaming of warm pancakes drizzled with maple syrup and a side of bacon on a cold Sunday New York morning. Or just skip it all and have some liquid breakfast. About five, six, Coney Island Brewing, Brewing Company. definitely smoky definitely smoky don't get much sweetness it's good good stuff this is uh one of the things i've been uh hiding in the back of my fridge so i'm clearing out my alcohol shelf and in my fridge which is the top shelf by the way and we are just I'm just trying to get through there so I could just stick a bunch of high life or banquet and then some probably some kind of West Coast IPA in there. Uh, get all that stuff out, throw away some Bloody Mary mix that had expired over a year ago. Just, you know, doing a little spring cleaning in the fridge. So I always recommend that. Always. So how have I been? A little fill on the check-in. <laughs> I've been okay this week. Uh, it's Tuesday, recording on a Tuesday after my night football. Uh, we will get into the week two of the NFL. Been working from home still, just really enjoying that, really enjoying waking up a little bit later and just wrapping my head around the day instead of waking up when it's, the sun's rising, uh, rushing to eat something, make lunch thinking about how I didn't work out in the morning, so all of those things I'm I'm avoiding by working at home but eventually I'll have to go back to the office, which sucks. so but I do enjoy being at home. Uh, like I said in previous pods, I could do uh, do some dishes during the day, have some leftovers for lunch. I don't have to deal with people I don't want to see in the office. so those are all re- always great things. Little fantasy update: uh, one and one in both leagues. That's it. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Actually, I had Trey Lance, and obviously, Trey Lance uh, obliterated his ankle, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens the rest of the season with that. So, guess there's those waiver wires. All right, let's start start off by congratulating the uh, Las Vegas Aces on winning the WNBA championship. First championship for that franchise. First championship for Vegas. It's fucking awesome. The parade looks fun. Haven't seen many videos from it, but I'm going to dig into them after this. Uh, Asia Wilson, obviously very entertaining. There's a very entertaining like two-minute clip of her at the podium. Obviously a little buzzed. And uh, reacting to all of the uh, questions from the media. It's really good. Uh, Chelsea Gray was the finals MVP. She definitely deserved it. Uh, The Connecticut Sun definitely put up a fight. And in the end, Kelsey Plum. 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 Uh, Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray are pretty damn good. So (laughs) who would have thought? Shout out to Mark Davis for choosing that game over the Raiders Cardinals game which I guess let's get into a little week two recap here starting with unfortunately the the Raider Cardinals game Raiders Cardinals game uh, which unfortunately I like I watched the entire thing because I had access to it Thank you Paramount plus I fucking hate you so we had a great first half I mean, Moving the ball. Mac Collins was getting a lot of throws. Devontae Adams wasn't getting much. But Waller. And, and we were running the ball okay. And the defense was getting stops. Kyler Murray looked like shit. And then the second half happened. And you know when you when you give up X amount of points. I think it was like 29 straight points. Let's just say that. Who cares? Uh, it turns out things don't go well if you just let Kyler Murray just do whatever in the background, uh, in the backfield. Sorry, the two point conversion, the touchdown at the end of the game, overtime. Once the Colonels won the toss, it was like, all right, well, that happened. Uh, the defense somehow got to stop, and then Hunter Renfro just gets knocked fumbles the ball and they take it back for a uh, touchdown at the end of the game it was honestly not fun to watch and it wasn't fun because it's like the difference between the NFL and college football for me is that college football is full of kids and kids make mistakes but also kids do amazing things um, if given the right structure and system and Talent can win out a lot of times or uh, underdogs can win in college football. In the NFL, it's just like these guys are paid to do their job. They do their job and they either do it or they don't do it. And then it's depressing because you're a grown-ass adult. I don't wear Raider gear anymore. I haven't really found anything I liked, but I don't really wear Raider gear anymore because I just don't want to. Uh, It just seems pretty silly. So you're sitting there, you're, you know, you're wearing whatever, hopefully maybe some comfortable home field apparel like I usually try to do. And, you know, you're just watching after spending hours or shit, even $200 plus uh, for tickets, beer, oh, it's probably like upwards of 500, 600 dollars. And you just watch your team just slowly melt down. It's not that fun because there's no jokes to be made. You can't you can't be like, oh Derek really went three and out. There's no they just it's just not fun. You know, like being a professional sports fan is not fun. Uh teams who like each other and have fun and don't have this dark cloud over them, those are the fun professional teams. But those are far and few between, you know. Like the White Sox are a fun group of players, but then they have Tony La Russa as the manager, and that guy sucks. He's not fun. So Josh McDaniels isn't really a fun, that fun of a guy, and it's not really they, they have like the Patriot vibe, and I get it, and it's like more stable, but it's not fun. So it sucks. It sucks. It sucks watching your team just. At this point, I'm like, when is Gonzaga play? Three more weekends, still craziness in the kennel. That means it's closer to exhibition games, and that means it's closer to me not giving a fuck about what the Raiders do when they eventually are nine and seven or nine and eight. Oh boy, just bad vibes. Like Kyler Murray, just. I did make a bet with. Uh, somebody during the fantasy football draft That Kyler Murray was going to have more Touchdowns than Jalen Hurts At the end of the season So let's check in on that I know Jalen Hurts had a really good Game yesterday Okay so that, uh, Kyler has three touchdowns Three, tu- three passing touchdowns This season I'm scared to look at the Eagles. I'm really scared to look at them. Hold on. Jalen Hurts. There we go. So. This one, he has one passing touchdown. That's right. He only has one touchdown this year. I'm up. I'm up three to one. Essentially, the bet was because this guy's like, Kyler Murray's trash. And I'm like, he's never, he never lost until he got to the professional, like, until the NFL ruined him. Until Cliff Kingsbury trying to ruin him. Like, he's not trash. Little did I know that would strike back against me uh, in a wicked way in week two. So the Raiders are two. too. Uh, had a much better experience with red zone this week. So, that's good. <laughs> it still dropped out at a couple moments, but... Uh, at least I get to see the countdown—the best part. So, Chargers, Chiefs, Amazon Prime. R- highly recommend watching like the all 22 version of the the Prime. It has like the players' names and the routes they run and everything like that. And it's really good. It's really cool. Um, I don't like Curb, Purge Street and Al Michaels together. So, any uh, alternate audio they can give me, I would highly, highly love. Hint, hint, wink, wink, Amazon. Justin Herbert got just rocked in the ribs and uh, still had a chance to win at the end of the game, but uh, the Chiefs were able to pull it out. Chiefs look good. September, it's Mahomes. You know how it is. That's Browns. I blew my Survivor League picks on the Niners and Browns uh, back-to-back weeks, so I'm out of the Survivor League. (laughs) That was easy money for somebody. Uh Joe Flacco, Joe Money Flacco at the end of the game. Browns couldn't stop anybody. Uh Jacoby Brissett didn't see the underneath guy. Throws an interception. Game over. Sucks. <laughs> Lions commanders. You know, Carson Wentz went full Carson Wentz. Uh but Jared Goff was really good. Amaron St. Brown, like, come on. Like they're scoring points. They're getting pressure. The red uh sorry. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, the Commanders. <laughs> Offense and defense, the just are crap. They're just crap right now. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they beat the Jags. Uh, but it's going to be either Carson Wentz is going to lead you to success or not. Uh, and this time they just couldn't score enough points Beat the Lions. Buck Saints. <laughs> Tom Brady was fucking terrible. James Winston has four broken discs in his back. Like, what the fuck? Uh, the Saints looked fucking terrible. They couldn't run the ball. Kamara was out. Couldn't get the ball to Michael Thomas. And then they had, like, a knockout-dragout fight, which, you know, was gonna happen because Mike Evans and uh, Lattimore hate each other. So they were drawn all game. And then, you know, Tom Brady's bitch ass goes over there and calls Lattimore a bitch and And then all of a sudden, like, Mike Evans is like, what'd you say to my guy, Tom Brady? And Melee breaks out. Uh, Russell Gage is yelling. Uh, Leonard Fournette is yelling. Bruce Arians is yelling. It's just like chaos. And Tom Brady just walks away like, oh, cool, cool story, bro. Oh, it's not me, not me. I didn't start anything. I'm Tom Brady. There's actually a video of Mike Evans going, what do you want me to do? It's Tom Brady. And i that's exactly what I was telling Jack. I was like, he has no choice. He has to go out there and, and knock whoever's head off is talking shit to Tom Brady. One game suspension. Mike Evans. Uh, pay those fines. Tommy. TV12. He looks so terrible, though. He looks really bad. But the Bucks are 2-0, so what are you going to do? Uh, Panthers, Giants. You know, all you need to know is Matt Rule's not going to be the the head coach of the Panthers for very much longer. He's just fucking terrible. Uh, the team hates him, you could tell. CMC, 15 carries, 102 yards, no touchdowns. What the fuck is that? Like, what the fuck? The Giants, Brian Dable, doing a good job. You know, Daniel Jones is doing... The only things that he can do to get them to win, he's getting it done. Pat Steelers. Ugh, watching the Patriots right now is really fucking really painful. It's because it's not even. It's not even because of Mac Jones. It's because they just don't have an offense. Like they have no. They have no plan and offense. And the way they're running it, they're like, Matt, go out there and run this offense that Josh told us about. And it's like, but you guys aren't as smart as Josh McDaniels. So like, what the fuck do you know about running that offense? But because Mitch Trubisky is a Mitchell, sorry, Mitchell, sorry, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky is on the other sideline. I mean, you have a great shot at winning any game against the Steelers. That doesn't involve TJ Watt and doesn't involve like throwing to Minka Prince Patrick uh, a bunch of times. So uh, Patriots pull out the win. Steelers are one and one somehow. Colts, Jaguars, God, the Colts, I I don't understand what they're doing. Uh, They have Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in the league, consensus, and he gets nine carries. Frank Reich is trying to get fired. Trevor Lawrence looking good, uh, looking really good. The offense is moving the ball. James Robinson looks good. Travis Sintian doesn't look great, but maybe that's just a reps thing. Uh, Jaguars defense looks good. I have no idea what to do about the Colts. Matt Ryan's holding on to the ball too long, and he's getting pissed off at his wide receivers that they're not reading his mind magically so i am not able unfortunately to read anybody's mind magically so uh, i didn't realize that till i was 34 years old so maybe he needs to work on his communication like i'm trying to in all my relationships as an adult dolphins ravens i got that on the tv right now behind me just a fucking insane game lamar jackson uh speed was the name of the game jalen waddle uh Uh, Rashad uh, sorry Rashad uh, Bateman uh, Devin DuVernay all these guys are uh, Tyreek Hill are just they're so fucking fast and the Ravens let the gas off Ravens D just on the field too many times not picking up uh, quick screens leaving too much space for guys like Tyreek Hill and Waddle and they'll just if Tua can actually just exploit all that then a lot of people are gonna be in trouble. Uh, but it was a fun game. It's a fun game. Uh high scoring games, always love those. Falcons, Rams. Somehow the Falcons were in this game. They were in like they've been in every game in the fourth quarter. Like some crazy shit happens, and they're like, Oh, we, we can win the game. Cool. Like, that's cool. Um, it'd be even more cool if they would fucking get Kyle Pitts the ball, not just for fantasy purposes, but because Kyle Pitts was the fourth pick in the fucking draft. So do something with it, Arthur Smith, you fucking privileged asshole. Your dad is the head of FedEx. You literally have all the fucking privilege in the world. You probably never had to worry about any money when you were coming up through the coaching ranks. You're given the keys to fucking Kyle Pitts, fucking do something about it, okay? Just stop fucking complaining to the fucking media and do your fucking job. Sometimes men just need to be told to shut the fuck up and do your job. Women too. But primarily I'm talking to men, ma- male coaches. They just don't know how to sort their feelings. It's like go to fucking therapy if you're a coach. Please. If you're an NFL coach, if you are a coach, if you're, if you're a male coach, go to therapy. It will do your, your team, your players so much better. Than what you are currently doing. Just driving people into the ground. You know who you are. Iowa football. Seahawks Niners. Trey Lance gets a fucking horrible Dak Prescott-esque injury. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. He does the damn thing. All you need to know is at one point the Seahawks had all of their four fucking running backs on the field. They actually had a running back throwing a pass into the end zone for a pick. That's all you need to know about that game, Raiders, uh, Niners win. Bengals, Cowboys, Joe Burrow just can't get a break. He's not getting any easy throws to start the game. They're not running the ball. The offense line is horrible. He's getting sacked. Defense has to stay out there too long. They're getting gashed up. It's a mess. Zach Taylor needs to think about the team that he has and start thinking about what he wants from Joe Burrow, not what Joe Burrow wants, not what he wants it to be, but what it actually is. Maybe he'll remove his head out of his ass. I don't know. Cooper Rush, I made a lot of fun of on the last pod, but he got it done. Nineteen to thirty-one, two hundred thirty-five yards, one touchdown. That's how it's gonna look, Cowboy fans. Texans, Broncos. The Texans were in the whole goddamn game until finally the fourth quarter. Nathaniel Hackett needs some kind of VR simulator Madden on how to call timeouts, how to make decisions. You can't be that indecisive and be a coach. You just can't. You have to be the most confident, well-dressed person. I'm going to keep fucking saying this. I'm going to keep tweeting it. You have to be, number one, the most confident person on the sideline. You have to be the best-looking person on the sideline, and he is neither right now. Okay, quite frankly, you shouldn't have the home crowd shouting out the play clock to help you out. You need to figure it out and give the ball to Devontae Williams. Bears Packers, Aaron, Fuckface, you know, look good. They're at home. Justin Fields can do anything. Pick apart the Bears defense. Same old, same old. Uh, Bears Packers hasn't been competitive in years. They had two Monday night games. On at the same time, uh, the Titans Bills was first. The Vikings Eagles was last. And I'm all for this ESPN, but give me a channel that's just split screen for God's sake, so I could watch both of them at the same time. I don't need the audio, just both at the same time. Uh, the Titans Bills was a fucking blowout. Uh, the Titans look they can't run the ball. Um, they can. They Ryan Tannehill can't do anything against pressure. Uh, Taylor Wan got hurt. That fucking hurt a lot. I mean, when you have Vaughn Miller on one side, and you got uh, just Beast, uh, it's the AJ Espinosa, you just got Ball Hawks. Uh, That's going to be really hard. Uh, they just got blown out. Vikings-Eagles was a blowout, too, and I kind of feel like the Vikings played against the Eagles the way they played against the Packers. So the Vikings offense looked like the uh looked like the Packers offense week one, and the Eagles offense looked like the Vikings offense in week one. Uh, Kirk Cousins was fucking horrible. He thought that Darius Slay played for the Vikings. He was th- underthrowing everything in the red zone, pissing off Justin Jefferson, pissing off Adam Thielen, pissing off everybody except for Irv Smith, who was getting the ball. So they couldn't run the ball either. You know, if you basically don't have a uh. An offensive line in this league A defensive line you're pretty much fucked So the Raiders don't have an Offensive line we have Max Crosby Thanks God and Chandler Jones But other than that like We don't have if they're not getting pressure We're fucked and that's what happened in the Cardinals Game to come back to that travesty So that's a little quick re- recap Of week two uh, Hope you guys enjoyed that bullshit uh, <laughs> Raider Cardinals game Hopefully we won't have anything like that In a long long time So uh, let's see. What have I been watching? So I watched Sins of Our Mother, which was on Netflix, and it was a documentary. And there's this whole genre of Netflix uh, documentaries that are just based off of social media posts and text messages and video. And it's crazy because, like, documentaries back in the day, like, they had footage. But he didn't have like social media or text messages. And so um, this is a story of a a white mom who just honestly loses her fucking mind and probably kills her kids with uh, her fifth husband to be and uh, her son reacting to that. And, you know, it's she found religion uh, after her fourth husband and well no 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 she found religion after her second husband married the third husband and uh got divorced from him because uh he she left him because he was sexually abusing their kids it was just fucking horrible and then she ends up in another marriage with another guy who seemed uh by all accounts normal but uh she started having an affair with this other guy in the church and then basically her brother kills uh, her fourth husband and you're just like oh she just made him made her brother kill her husband to get out of that marriage like she was really callous about it uh she took off with his son and uh a daughter from a previous marriage and it's just a mess. You know, Uh, the text messages were really crazy. The Chandler police didn't take uh, the husband seriously that she was nuts. They were just like, Oh, this is just a dispute. You seem like a normal person. I can't believe this is happening to you. A totally normal person. But if you read the text messages, if you saw the social media posts, she was not normal at all. Uh, She was going down a dark path and uh, one of my many problems with religion is that people use religion to fit the narrative that they're in, not uh, as a guide or a tool or a reference. Uh, They use it to justify actions that they've previously done uh, or going to do in the future, like uh, this guy that she was with, the, the last guy. Uh, she's currently in jail and going on trial because uh, they found out that uh, the kids were buried on the property that they were at in Hawaii and uh, you know he's using religion as a way to push his agenda she's looking for a way out and believing this guy but using religion too to justify her actions and it was just you know really sad it was really sad so uh, delete your text messages, turn off your location, and stop posting everything on social media on you. Uh, I'm going to be, I watched Loot on uh, Apple TV, which is Maya Rudolph being cheated on, uh, and then being, but being mega rich. And you know, it's okay. Um, I love Maya Rudolph, that's the only reason I'm watching it. Uh, I fell asleep on the last episode, but I am almost done. I'll let you guys know what I think about that when I'm done. Did I say Justin Herbert was really fucking tough? He's a tough guy, tough kid. Um, let's see, what have I been cooking? I'm going to fry some chicken wings tonight and do like an Asian-type sauce with it. It's going to be good. Do some French fries. I did some veggie pasta that was really good. Uh, you know, just clearing out that clearing out that a uh, fridge of, of veggies. So I highly recommend that as like a meal and I always make too much pasta, but what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? Um, I've been seeing that a lot of uh, coaches have been in college football been talking about mental health awareness uh, this week. Uh, there was a video with Blake Anderson talking about uh, one of his uh, sons dying uh, by suicide. That was powerful. Um, really hard. Uh, really hard. You know how life's hard is because uh, Blake Anderson. Um, you know that's a really uh, hard thing to share with people, and and uh, I do think that he needs to um, talk about those things. Um, and uh, it was incredibly. Um, powerful for him to share that story. Um, and people are complicated and a a great example of, um, how people are complicated is, uh, while I feel a lot of, um, sympathy and empathy for Blake Anderson, I can't believe that, um, In the back of my mind, I can't shake that this guy back in December um, was telling his players that it's never been more glamorized to be the victim of uh, sexual assault. And um, he apologized for those comments, but um, it's really hard to hear that and... match that up with what he's going through uh, people are complicated um i do think that his comments I do still remember them and you would wish that the sympathy and empathy he wants to uh, promote right now uh, with that story you would hope that he would have had that back when he made those comments but You know, people are difficult. Um, I'm not bringing up those comments to say anything bad about the guy. I'm just telling you my thoughts. Because <laughs> it's—I at the one hand, I do have that sympathy and empathy for him, but I can't shake that he, he had none for uh, possible sexual assault victims over um, especially those who'd be involved with players that he coached. So um, people are difficult. I think it's important to not get such tunnel vision uh, when it comes to thinking about coaches. Um, It's good to have a long memory and it's always good to put things in context. So I do think that this is a great initiative, people telling their stories, players and coaches and talking about it. And not just trying to dust yourself off and and move on is really important. But I also think it's uh, really important to think about uh, the entirety of the person and the things that they've done. All right, let's talk about uh, Brett Favre's dumbass. Now, I'm, I'm dedicating a lot of time to this because I think it's really important to understand. We talked about Blake Anderson and, and previously. You need to think about the entirety of a person. And the sports part of me wants to remember Brett Favre as the gunslinging asshole that he was. Um, but also, he's a pill-popping, sexually harassing, uh, sending dick pic, uh, welfare-stealing asshole. So, like I said, the theme is uh, look at the entirety of the person. It's really hard to separate the achievements of uh, said people. And, and I don't think you should. I think you should acknowledge, you know, such as, you know, Kobe Bryant. I think he did a lot of things right after he was involved in the uh, rape case in Colorado And I think that he was trying to, uh, move past that and, uh, be a dad and he was doing a lot of things, uh, that you would want somebody who was involved, uh, in something like that. Like you would want them to try to be a fucking better person, right? Uh. It was horrible what happened in that hotel room uh he got to keep his job and play through it for god's sakes um he was going to trial and playing basketball at the same time uh he was able to maintain sponsorships relationships and then uh you know people forget things uh and his accomplishments after that, himself after that, he did things uh, that were brought bringing him into the limelight, and he was a dad, and um, and he loved his kids. He died tragically, and uh, that was hard to deal with uh, thinking about. Because you shouldn't forget that stuff. You shouldn't forget what happened in Colorado. Should people have an opportunity to change or move on See those type of things? There's a lot of differing views on that. But you can't talk about Kobe Bryant without talking about what happened in Colorado. Just like you can't talk about Brett Favre without talking about him uh, fucking basically uh, telling uh, Jen Sturger, you know, I'm going to ruin your life, you know, if you don't sleep with me. So uh, let's talk about the welfare stuff, though. We uh, just, he's terrible. Uh, this is, I don't know how I just started talking about the dichotomy of people, but uh, Ashton Pittman, who works for the Mississippi Free Press, uh, had a great thread that you can read on Twitter, uh, his Twitter handle is at Ashton Pittman. And you know, I, I wanna is, I'm gonna make some jokes because the it's too fucking stupid uh, to not make jokes. But uh, if you listen to anything about Mississippi, Uh, You will realize that it's one of the poorest, most uh, racially biased places still in America. Uh, Jackson, Mississippi doesn't have running water at this point. The uh, governor of the state, uh, Tate Reeves, is an idiot, uh, racist idiot, who banned all abortions. Uh, Not a great guy, not a great infrastructure if you're a person of color, woman of color. Um, you grew up with a lot of disadvantages. Uh, growing up in Mississippi, so, um, in July of 2017, Brett Favre met with uh, Mississippi DHS director John Davis and nonprofit operator Nancy New. They would help him get millions of where, welfare funds to pay for a volleyball stadium, uh, at at USM, uh, where he went the University of Southern Mississippi. Um, his daughter wanted to play volleyball there, so. Uh, the Stukatz is strong in him. Uh, I don't think Stukatz would steal welfare money, but I think he would uh, definitely lean on contacts and people that he knows to get as much as he could for his daughters, uh, <laughs> uh, who one is going to Northwestern play the cross. So, uh, uh, you know, Stugatz is shameless. Brett Favre is shameless. Uh, tell me the difference. Uh, so, this is not the first time that his daughter uh, attended. Uh, that she went to a school where they suddenly just got a volleyball stadium. Uh, so she was a student at Oak Grove High School. And they he pushed for a volleyball stadium there. And um, he meets with her. A lot of this through text messages. Once again, we go back to sins of our mother. All this shit's being admitted on text messages. It's like, we don't even need you, motherfucker. We got your text. Uh, he, he texts Nancy New, the nonprofit operator, and goes, Nance, Nancy, thank you again. Three exclamation points. Psycho, you know, you do one, you're okay, like me. Three, you're a psycho. John mentioned four million, and I'm not sure if I heard him right. Very big deal, and can't thank you enough. Emoji, smiling face, blushing. But first, too old to use fucking emojis. When I'm like old and gray, I wonder if I'll uh, use emojis. 100 I'm fucking 75 years old using 100 like what the fuck all right so um the mississippi dhs director pledged four million and this is important in temporary assistance for needy family funds to build the the volleyball stadium but he knew it wasn't going to be enough so he told old nancy get it nancy knew nancy old um he told nancy you know i need more money so she uses welfare funds her nonprofit had received from um, mdhs to pay Brett Favre 1.1 million dollars across two installments all he has to do is record a couple of uh, promotional things and attend speaking engagements so um she texted in july 29th well he texted you know are you up no i'm just kidding it's a 26 a.m <laughs> he texted he's like oh man this is going to be a lot for 1.1 $1. million dollars $1. Million of welfare money um, he goes my biggest concern is time commitment so we can manage that I'm, I'm good and then she goes please do not worry about your time commitment we can only imagine how many directions you're being pulled just a few things here and there are spread out will be plenty the only thing he pulls on is his dick every night, ladies and gentlemen. He's not a busy guy. So his daughter uh, goes freshman year, USM, and um, she's on the volleyball team. And she's uh, the only uh, Mississippi native on the squad. And um, she goes, Nancy knew is gives him $600,000 from the welfare funds. And then he goes, if you were to pay me, this is another text message, 4.35 p.m. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? The media, you know, the media. She writes back, no, we have never... Had this information publicized. I understand that you could be uneasy about that, though. Let's see what happens on Monday with the conversation with some of the folks at Southern. Maybe we'll click with them, hopefully. And he says, okay, thanks. And then she goes, wow, I just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. He's on board. We will get this done. So, you know, he's having all Nancy. You no, know, she's just such a thirsty ass bitch, you know. Um, I'm just saying, somebody steals 1.1 million dollars to put it down in Brett Favre's pants for a volleyball stadium. Thirsty ass bitch, tab. Um, so Phil Bryant was the governor of Mississippi at the time, so that connects the governor and Brett Favre with this. So the federal T A and F block grants so allow the state's broad discretion over their spending state law prohibits to using the welfare funds for brick and mortar construction projects. But Nancy knew and John Davis found a workaround. (laughs) Zach knew. (laughs) Uh, Said he acted, he snitched and said, yeah, Nancy knew he knew that this money from the welfare money was going to the construction project. It was his idea to do it as a lease to circumvent the strict prohibition against using the uh, monies for brick and mortar construction projects. So, and this was a sublease scheme, essentially, now for uh, $5 million and it gained approval from the Mississippi Attorney General, uh, USM, and the Mississippi Institutions of Higher Learning which oversees the states and college universities. So um, the USM Athletic Foundation, which Nancy knew is a, a part of the board, received $5 million in the welfare funds to build the volleyball stadium that Brett Favre wanted on top of the 1.1 1. 1 he got. And so the thing to keep in mind in the background is that only 1.42% of poor Mississippians who apply for these welfare funds, actually get them. So Brett Favre was like, he was getting money intended for people who were poor in Mississippi. They don't need a volleyball stadium. So two days after Christmas, December uh, 27th, 2017, Brett Favre sent a celebratory text, Nancy knew. Nancy, Santa came today. I thought Santa wasn't real. Dropped off some money, two emojis, two blushing emojis. Thank you, my goodness. Thank you. He just got half a million, which was his first payment from the welfare funds. And Nancy knew this, once again, tat, thirsty ass bitch, was like, yes, he did. He felt you were, this is sick. This is like some sex stuff, like uh, role play. You know, hey, hey, between two consenting adults, it's perfectly fine. Uh, But when you're stealing welfare money, and then on top of that role playing sexual things, I think it's a little bit too overboard. So she texts back, yes, he did. He felt that you've been pretty good this year. After these holidays, let's get on our calendars together for a few activities, etc. Please know if we ask you to do something and you can't, it's okay. We'll get it all worked out. And then she writes about how's the building coming and if the beach volleyball is what you wanted and he says, well, it's more of when they'll start it. Now um, now it's February, they're saying, and he does a thumbs down. So he's like, yeah, I got the money, but they won't start it. So she transfers in June two, uh, 2018 600 more thousand dollars from the welfare money. May of 2019, this fucking state. So his daughter is a junior right now the volleyball stadium is still not finished he needs another 1.8 million dollars so he texts nancy and in may 30th of 2019 nancy knew told brett Favre she was in a meeting with the mississippi state department of human services uh john davis and davis told her that uh mdhs would help cover the remaining of the 1.8 Nancy, are you still confident you can cover the 1.8 And that number will probably be less when we get closer And she goes, i mean, with John Davis He said he can cover uh, much of it But they'll have to be in a couple payments We're on board, exclamation mark She's one So basically, you know, the three of them uh, Nancy knew uh, The former governor uh, Well, the then governor, Phil Bryant And John Davis uh, stole a bunch of money and gave it to Brett Favre for no fucking reason so <laughs> so a month later in 2019 uh, Phil Bryant uh, told the state auditor Shad White uh, that there may be possible fraud in in the uh, Department of Human Services uh, then John Davis resigns And uh, The governor's like you're going to Quote unquote fucking jail (laughs) The nephew says in a court filing Before he resigns And that's why he resigns Now this is great Okay, John Davis told family members Including Austin Smith his nephew uh, That Retired pro wrestler Brett DeBiase Received a check At John Davis's mailbox. And the check was kicked back. So we cut Brett DiBiase involved. The famous DiBiase. The four horsemen. Uh, Teddy DiBiase was his uh, father. Looked that up on WWE on Peacock. Uh, Great matches. (laughs) Jesus. So when John Davis leaves, Nancy, this thirsty ass bitch, is like getting stressed out. Brett Favre texts her for comfort a month later. Nancy, if I can help you anyway, I will please know that she goes thanks Brett that means a lot to me I am okay just politics and people we're trying to stay above all the foolishness and we will too much good stuff to get done I am concerned and that I may not be able to assist you in August as we planned. but I continue to work on that though I'm not standing still hope all is well with you uh this is at 4 a.m that's a hey something like texting about fraud at 4 a.m so um Uh, according to filings, Favre asked uh, Bryant, the governor, about whether John Davis's firing would affect the uh, volleyball facilities funding. And the then governor was like, I will handle that long story, but had to make a change. And so he he said, I'm going to call Nancy. And so Phil Bryant texts Nancy, just left Brett Favre. Can we help him with this project? We should meet soon to see how I can help make sure your projects are on course. And she said, I really appreciate it. Um, we need to make sure that projects like Brett's and Tom Bennett's get funded. Um, Nancy then texts Brett Favre telling him that Phil Bryant wants me to continue to help you and get your project done. I feel good about that. And she goes, uh, (laughs) Brett goes, I love John so much. Uh, and you too. It's like, you mean Phil? Get your lovers correct, son. Then, uh. The governor, Bill Bryant, appointed a formal, former FBI special agent, Christopher Freese, to replace Davis as the interim director at MDHS, and... Uh, Brett Favre asked the governor for an update on the volleyball project and he's like, I'm waiting for the auditor's report. Sorry. And then in July of 2019, uh, Nancy New told Brett Favre that she's not sure uh, what to make of it. Why? I don't know why he's waiting for the auditor's report. And she's hoping that the new director, the special agent, Chris Freeze, is good to work with. Um in August, Nancy New said that she met with the new director about the volleyball stadium, and he asked if that was the one with the governor's uh, name uh, was to go in the building. I said yes, but I couldn't read why he asked that. Um, keep that quiet now. A uh, Lots of uh, politics, I think. And then Brett uh, told Nancy that he was unsure if Phil Bryant would actually help him. Uh, of course, he's a politician so i'm a little e- uneasy and she goes yep i totally agree i hope he will stay steady and help us get this done and so christopher freeze takes over nancy knew all of a sudden can't get welfare money like she usually did uh, through robo agreements with the former director and she was struggling to submit proposals and get them approved and then brett Favre uh relays a message uh, from govern, uh, Governor Phil Bryant to Nancy about her Proposal to get more wealth funds to build the stadium He has seen it but Hint, hint that you need to reword it to get Accepted so he's like Hey you know can you uh, You know jazz it up a little bit uh, Get some italics in there Get some bold uh, And she goes reword wonder what he Means I'm making a call right now to get a little information From someone on the inside And get back to you <laughs> gonna think they're fucking so cool and then uh he shares the text far with the governor uh governor so right now he's like nancy you're not getting it done i need real g's who can do real shit so he's like uh he says here, here is a uh, governor bryant said if she puts more details like how many times the facility will be used and how many a uh, child sick uh, will be served for what specific purposes? It'll get approved. Um. So, yeah, like, uh, they all knew, uh, they all knew, and so Nancy keeps struggling because John's gone and Chris, Mister FBI, freeze. Uh, she she texts him. People, oh, people are so funny. Confidential. <laughs> Semicolon. Do you get the impression that the governor will help us? And he goes, I really feel like he's trying to figure out a way for it to be done with actually saying it. That's what Farv said. It was confidential though. Don't tell anybody. So Nancy News sends up updates to the proposal um, and, and then Brett's like, cool, the, the governor said we should meet with them and the new director. So then they meet. Um with the governor at the time and director freeze in September and uh freeze goes okay we're going to increase your your grant uh by 1.1 but you're not going to get the extra 800 thou you wanted uh because it's not allowed basically uh mdhs uh mr freeze FBI agent freeze, former FBI agent freeze says MDHS does not and has not have and has never had authority to circumvent federal regulations or instructions with federal funds, nor do we have the authority to instruct subgrantees to do so. So he like emailed this and put it on official newsletters and shit. Um, You know, he you know, Freeze was like, you need to, like, get some shit signed. You need to make the shit formal. Like, this shit needs to be written down. And she's, like, having a hard time doing that. Um, so, in December of 2019, Phil, Governor Phil, sends Nancy a message saying, did y'all get any of the new programs from DHS? and she goes yes we did from all the craziness going on we've been made to believe we were not getting refunded but we did someone was definitely pulling from us behind the scenes thank you and then he does a blushed emoji what is this what's up with all this shit so ashton <laughs> asked him christopher freeze uh they F- <laughs> the former fbi director uh you know hey what was up with the <laughs> smiling text and Christopher Fried's is like, the governor can send smiley faces back, but within two weeks he said don't fund her and don't fund Christy Webb at the Family Resource Center. Um, USM completes the volleyball stadium two years later in December 2019, uh, much to the chagrin of student commuters who didn't appreciate that a new stadium had stolen yet a new 200 uh, spots of precious parking, real estate out from other them. Uh, In January of 2020, after January 6th, who knows where Brett Favre was. Uh, he was excited about the new volleyball stadium. He's like, we built one at high school. We got one at Southern Miss. He's like, it's hard for them to get to donate to volleyball. Yeah, motherfucker, you were getting those inside fucking welfare funds. Kate Reeves, uh, that asshole, takes oath. And he becomes governor January 14th, 2020. Where the fuck was he on January 6th? Anyway, he swears off two donors who helped put him there. Um, Nancy New, Zach New Gave five G's each to his campaign He's like, fuck those bitches Shad White, the auditor And Hines County District Attorney uh, Jody Owens Announced six indictments uh, In February 2020 And the largest welfare scandal in the state John Davis, Nancy New, Zach New And Brett Debiasi Gets charged And Governor Phil Bryant uh, by getting rid of John Davis, kicked off a massive investigation and fucked up Nancy's uh, whole thing with John Davis. Um, Chad White calls it a sprawling conspiracy. So Zach knew, her son, Nancy knew, Nancy knew, her son Zach knew. Uh, whoa, I didn't read this part. Uh, paid for uh, Brett DiBiase's drug treatment using welfare funds. Uh, oh my God, that's fucking terrible. Uh, White said the news transferred millions of welfare funds to private businesses and converted those funds to private use and concealed conversions through fund transfers, fraudulent documents, and deceptive accounting measures. So the initial indictments didn't mention Brett Favre the volleyball stadium, but uh, on February 2020, um, the Anna Wolf who's also been working on this for two years, reported a lease showing that $5 million welfare funds was helped to pay for the volleyball stadium construction. And then in April of 2020, that's when Shad White revealed for the first time that Nancy News nonprofit had paid Brett Favre 1.1 in welfare funds, uh, you know, for the promotional bullshit he was supposed to do. So May as May 6, 2020, Brett Favre dragged his ass on the old Twitter hellscape uh, to defend himself, he said, my agent is often approached by different products and brands for me. <laughs> this guy's such a fucking liar. He's like, I you know, I just, I, just get things. Sorry, bro. He's like, I don't even know about no 1.1. He's like, I love Mississippi. I'll never do anything knowingly to take away from those who need it most. He said, I'm going to pay it back, all oh, 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, he paid half a mil in 2020. In October of 2021, Shad White, the auditor, was like, Where the fuck is the $600,000 plus $228,000 in interest? He also sent it to a bunch of other people saying, Bitch, where's my money? Farver paid $600,000 later that month, but did not pay back the interest because he's a fucking asshole. And he's like, What the fuck? I didn't even do the shit that fucking I got paid for. Like, who? White privilege. Two Americas. He said, okay, he said, yeah, I did the work for the 1.1, 1. 1, but the interest, what the fuck is that? What's interest? So Shad White goes, these are lies, Brett Favre. I'm not going to hide how much you were paid, why you were paid, or conduct, conduct backroom meetings to make this go away. Then Shad White referred Favre and nine others who had not been paid back uh, for the, the welfare funds to the Mississippi Attorney General Linda Fitch's office, tasking her uh to get the money back in civil court and several people in the uh, in the scheme entered plea agreements in exchange for testifying against their co-conspirators starting with brett debiase and Ann mcgrew so in 2021 federal prosecutors brought additional indictments against nancy and zach alleging that they had funneled two million dollars in public education funds to pay their salary uh for salaries at new summit school a private school that nancy founded and ran and so Nancy and Zach entered a plea of uh, they entered a plea deal in April of 2022, pleading guilty to federal charges including wire fraud and money laundering. Uh, they laundered a quarter of a mil to purchase a house. That's always something you should do with your mom is launder money she raised you, she birthed you. Um, and then the state filed a massive civil lawsuit against 38 uh, people or entities involving $77 million of welfare, uh, million dollars of welfare uh, money was stolen by these people. Uh, Brett Favre, John Davis, Nancy New, Zach New, and the DBSs. Um, in 2022 of July, uh, Benny Thompson, who's a House rep, asked the Department, the DOJ to investigate the allegations that Phil Bryant may have been directed federal welfare funds. And then uh, Attorney Brad Piggott issued A uh, subpoena on behalf (laughs) He was like give me the communications That Phil Bryant was having with You know the news Brett Favre, uh, Ted DiBiase The million dollar man who's not a million dollar man Anymore obviously And then that's when it came out that uh, Phil Bryant um, had fired John Davis and uh, You know had been involved in this So um, You know Brett got 1.1 Uh, USM got five mil for, uh, a volleyball center and, uh, poor people didn't get any fucking money. So, um, wow. You know, the the governor was involved in this. This went up to the highest levels. It's fucking, it's fucking so stupid. Um, (laughs) Chad White's like basically like, I just follow the money, you know, uh, I don't really have anything. I can't prosecute Brett Favre, but he did that shit. So you know, I, I just wanted to take time to to go through that and let you guys know that story. It's fucking ridiculous because uh, poor people need money, and the system's rigged against them. Because if you're poor in this country, uh, there's only so far you can go in this country, which is one of the things that has been exposed over the past couple of years, uh, really at the forefront, um, and. Um, We're finally starting to talk about it out in the open instead of being taught bullshit like I was when I was in high school So, man, fuck prefarve, Fuck Nancy New. Fuck Zach New. Fuck Brett DeBiasi. I hope he's recovered, though Uh, I mean, he went to welfare. He didn't go to welfare, but he went to rehab using welfare funds Uh, Fuck Ted DeBiasi and fuck John Davis Um the state of Mississippi deserves better. Uh, Tate Reeves is an idiot and uh, a fucking loser. Racist. MAGA. Asshole. So that's been filling in the Blank this week. Hit me up on the socials, uh, F-I-T-B-W-A-N-Y-A-A uh, pod. Um, let me know what you think. Uh, stay safe. Uh, see you on the flip side.